Hit well into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? My name is Trent Rush. Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast, episode number 78. My goodness, do we have a good one for you here today. Mike Trout is our guest. Uh, He and I spent some time uh, one-on-one via Zoom just yesterday, went over a lot of different things, and uh, excited to be sharing that with you coming up in just a few minutes from right now. So we got Mike Trout on the podcast. That's good. The Angels are playing good baseball as of late. I know the last couple of games against the A's have been a struggle. We're taping this on Wednesday before the series finale against the Oakland A's uh, coming up again this Wednesday afternoon. Reopening day is tomorrow. When Shohei Otani toes the rubber against the Detroit Tigers and all of you and all of your friends and all of your friends' friends can be here at the Big A. Now, let's get 40,000-plus here at the Big A on reopening night. Enjoy baseball the way it is meant to be enjoyed. That is, as a family, that is together. Your Angels family is here. And finally, after uh, close to two years, we're finally going to be able to all be together here at Angel Stadium. I just cannot wait for that. That's going to be so exciting and looking forward to seeing everybody here at the Big A. I know Roger Lodge is having Halo Honk Night that night. I'm going to try to go up and, and hang with uh, some of those folks and see them for a little bit because uh, Angels fans and AM830 listeners are the absolute best. Um, you can always also, after each and every Angels home game, check out the Angels Recap radio show uh, that we do breaking down the games. You can tweet me at Trent Rush Sports. Use the hashtag Angels Recap and we'll break down the game and talk about some big moments and answer your questions. That is what we do on the radio show. This is what we do on the podcast. We have great, great guests. And if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to some recent episodes, we had Alex Cobb last week. We talked about everything under the sun. Really cool stuff with Alex Cobb. Don't miss that. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had Taylor Ward on. That was a really fun chat. We've had Andrew Heaney. Um, Perry Manazian has been on. We Joe Madden. A lot of great interviews uh, that you can check out. Jared Walsh we had on just before the start of spring training. we got to get Walshy back on uh, this uh, podcast coming up soon because uh, he has been tremendous. And I tell you what, with the all-star voting coming out, I was taking a look at this. Jared Walsh really is within striking distance of getting to be an all-star this year. I know Vladdy Jr. is dominating the voting over there at first base, but when you look at some of the other candidates at first, Jared Walsh absolutely is in striking distance. And I'm not saying that you know, we're, you got to make the the push to the fact that you know Walsh is going to be the first base option for the American League in the All Star game because there's no denying right now. Um, if you're talking about the MVP race for me, it's, it's Shohei Otani and Vladdy Jr. I think that's that's the race right now, and you could go either way on on who's favored um, on that. But I, I do think that it's those two right now. Uh, so first base is going to be a tough one. I mean, there's no question about it. And Abreu you know, is getting a lot of love in there, but Jared Walsh absolutely. 
absolutely, um, I think, deserves to be an all-star this year. And I think the more votes he gets, the more chance he's going to have uh, to be voted on or, or selected in some kind of capacity. And I would love to see that happen. So, again, Angels fans, get out the vote. You can vote five times a day. Um, and, and make sure that you're voting for your all-stars, your Angels all-stars. Jared Walsh, you got to get him on the team. A lot of love coming in for Mike Trout. Absolutely. And we'll talk with Trouty um, in a little bit. He's leading All-American League outfielders in votes, so we probably won't see him in the game. Uh, the way that his injury is looking right now, according to Joe Madden, still going to be about another month. So originally we heard a 68-week window. It's going to be closer to eight weeks than it will be to six weeks before Mike Trout's return. So I, I would say um, an incredibly slim chance of Trout participating in the All-Star game, though I'd imagine he'd be there. Uh, but one of the questions I asked Mike Trout when, when he and I had some cha- uh, had a chance to talk yesterday uh, was about Shohei Otani. We're going to share that conversation with you in a moment. But uh, Shohei Otani is leading all vote-getters at designated hitter in the American League. And I think there is a real chance we see Shohei pitch and hit in the All-Star game. I mean, would that just not be the most phenomenal thing ever? And then the home run derby is, again, it's in Denver this year. You got Coors Field. You got the Coors effect for the home run derby, which in and of itself is incredible. But then to have Shohei in that, I I will never forget the video I seen. I wasn't on the trip, but when the Angels were playing the Rockies, it was 2018, his rookie season. He hit some home runs as far as a ball has ever flown ever off a baseball bat, which Shohei Otani was doing that rookie season. To see that in the All-Star game, I mean, just phenomenal. I mean, I know the load on this guy is incredible, the pitching and the hitting and and how taxing that must be on him. Um, It's astounding what Otani is going through. Nobody has ever done what Otani is doing. Um, And the All-Star break generally is a chance for – uh, players to relax a little bit, take a little breath. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case for Shohei Otani. Who knows what he ultimately decides to do, but I, I just know that as a baseball fan, I want to see Otani as much as possible, and that would mean in the home run derby, that would mean pitching in the all-star game, that would mean hitting in the all-star game, all those things. I would love to see all of that. Um, I also want what's best for Otani, and what's best for the Angels is what's best for Otani. So I don't know what he's ultimately going to decide to do, but, oh, man, how tempting must it be for Shohei. If Shohei's sitting there going right now thinking, okay, I really could use the day off, but I really want to hit at Coors, um, but then maybe, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about this. The home run derby, that, that's got to be your batting practice swing anything. anyway. I, I don't think anything would change for Otani in a home run derby because he does that in batting practice. He doesn't hit on the field as much as he used to. But I, I do think that uh, that would be really cool to see Otani in the home run derby. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, but we'll talk some more Angels baseball coming up in a bit because I did say, you know, the Angels have played better, at least coming into this A's series. We'll talk about what they need to do the rest of the month and how they're going to figure out uh, how they will tread water while Mike Trout is still finding a way back uh, from the cap strain that he suffered uh, in the middle of May. But for now, here's our conversation with Mike Trout when he and I spoke yesterday day on zoom all right we're hanging out with the three-time mvp angel center fielder mike trout who uh not on the field this week because we're still waiting to see you uh, try to get back with that calf strain he's hanging out with us today uh mike first and foremost uh, how are you doing these days i'd imagine that uh it's gonna kind of lonely at the ballpark uh, with the teammates on the road yeah it definitely is but uh you know i'm coming in working hard every day trying to get back on the field so i can join them again 
you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been tough for sure. Cause it's, you know, you want to be out there. What's a day like for you? Like when, when you're, when you're getting through your prep and, and talking about the recovery, like this, I know a tough injury. So what is a, a day like for you and getting back? Yeah, no, it's uh work from rehab from like nine to one thirty. depends on the day. Um, you know, I'm in there with uh, Rank, and he's uh, doing a pretty good job getting me on a program to get back on the field, uh, mixing in workouts, doing some cardio stuff, just trying to do whatever I can to, you know, get my calf fully fully healthy to come back strong. Hey, how much fun has it been for you to see your teammates rattle off a little win streak here when they just won six in a row, eight of ten, get back into the race? Um, what's it like from your perspective seeing the guys doing that? You know, it's fun to watch. Uh, you know, it's obviously sucks for me because I'm not I'm not there to be a part of it, but uh, I'm watching it. Uh, obviously, when they're on the road, but when when they're at home, get, uh, their last home stand, we uh, we had a pretty good pretty good one. So, um, you know, it's tough watching it from from the house, not being able to cheer on cheer on the guys. But uh, you know, I'm trying to get back as much as I can. But I, I'm, I'm proud of them, man. They're they're uh, they're doing good. There's not one guy's uh, carrots. You know, everybody throughout uh, one through nine at lineup, whoever's in there. And I know you want to be out there as bad as anything in the world, but I would say that. At least some silver lining, right? You get to get a little bit of Beckham time in there. How's life at home? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you know, obviously you get to. It's a little different now. I have a kid, um, little man. Just uh, we kind of just sit back, watch the game, me and my wife and him, and uh, obviously watch first couple innings before he goes to bed. And you know, it's it's uh, obviously sucks. I'm not on the field, but I get a chance to hang out with with him. You know, when I'm not rehabbing and um, when I'm relaxing and just uh, you know going from there. I know his first birthday is coming up. I don't know if I've told you, uh, my wife is pregnant, so we got a little one coming in November. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's exciting. That's it a is. Game changer. A, no, no question, no question about that. But here's the deal: like, I, I, I guess I was kind of taking notes uh, when everyone was giving you advice, like publicly. But now that you got a first birthday coming up in August, here, I was just maybe wondering if you'd give me a little advice. What, what kind of stuff? Uh, have you learned like in the, these first, you know, nine, 10 months? Yeah. Just, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy it because it goes by pretty fast. You know, it's already, already been, you know, and, uh, next month it'll be a, it'll be a year. So, um, just enjoy it, you know, take every minute of it. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of, I, I tell this a lot, of, but the first three months are, are tough, you know, it's obviously tiring, but, uh, you know, it's, it's your, it's your kid and you'll do anything to, to help them and keep them happy. And it's, uh, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, we're absolutely uh, over the moon excited about that. And I remember just seeing uh, your, your deal and how cool that was a year ago, obviously a little different now, just the way things going. It seems like we're, we're past kind of the, the thick of it with the pandemic and whatnot. Speaking on that front, you guys have been able to play with fans this year. The, the big A is going to be at full capacity on Thursday. Just in terms of getting folks back in the ballpark, what kind of difference do you think that's going to be able to make for this Angels team now? Um, that I know that always draws a lot of fans, and I know that they are got to be pretty excited to see you and Shohei and Anthony and the boys uh, taking care of business. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you know, we feed off that. We feed off the energy. Um, it's obviously great to see people back in the stands. The fans are great. They've been great. You know, they're probably, they're probably holding a lot of stuff in. So I'm sure that they want to let some stuff out when they're at the ballpark. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun, fun idea or deal. And uh, it's always good to have fans in the, in, in the, uh, in the stadium. It's good for the sport. And, you know, it, it makes the games more exciting. You know, we feed off that and, 
you know, big, big situations late in the game, it's, uh, it's huge for us. Mike, for a lot of years, the Midsummer Classic has almost become the Mike Trout game uh, with the way that you have dominated All-Star games as of late. Just taking a look at some of the voting, it looks like uh, one of your teammates, Shohei Otani, is going to be somebody that could have a, a big impact in the All-Star game this coming year. Um, I would just want to know some of your thoughts on if you think there's any chance we see him hit and pitch in that game, and, and if so, like how cool would that be? Yeah, no, obviously uh, his, his year this year uh, is what we, you know, when he first came over here, just learning the ropes. And obviously now he's putting it all together, pitching and hitting. Um, I think it'd be special. I think, you know, obviously with the home run derby, uh, he loves hitting home runs. So um, especially in BP, it'd be a pretty cool thing to see him do it because I think everybody needs to see him hit uh during BP, especially in the home run derby, if he if he decides to do it, obviously he's got a lot on his plate and uh, everything. But it'd be pretty cool to see him pitch and, and hit a couple times, and hopefully win the derby if he does it. Um, there's no one, you know. I've been playing for a while. I've never seen anybody hit the ball that far in BP. You know, I've been, you know, seen a lot of great, you know, hitters like Stanton, Trumbo that can hit them pretty far in, in BP. Judge, but uh, you know, he's he's if not farther farther than any of them. So it's uh, it'll be fun to see. It, it's it's a great experience. Um, obviously, um, I'm really happy for him, and he's been he's been great for us this year. It was uh, it was in Colorado. I think it was his rookie season. I think it was in eighteen. Yeah, he, he, almost left the, he almost left the stadium. Just put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was. I remember there was like a, a video got leaked about him banging one off the scoreboard, which was incredible. Um, yeah. When it when it comes to the All Star game, like. I know that for a lot of players that don't go there, it's it's time off and a chance to kind of reset during the season. Uh, there's a lot of demands, I think, that people probably don't realize um, on players, especially someone like you at that game. What is it like kind of navigating that while at the same time, like, recharging and getting ready to go uh, for a second half, trying to make a push? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. But, you, you like, um, for guys – you got to experience it because if you the it goes by so quick. So you want to do as much as you can, enjoy every minute of it. Obviously, it's going to be a little grind, tiring, but uh, it's it's well worth it. And obviously, it's a it's a great honor to be there and you know just to see everybody and you know meet the fans, see the fans, and see you know people and players across the you know whole major leagues to, to compete on on the national stage. I think it's a it's great for the game of baseball and. Yeah, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things on the plate, but you can pick and choose. Obviously, the stuff you have to do, but there's other things that if you don't, you have a choice to do. Um, you you know you you don't have to do it. So it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty a special couple of days, especially with the derby. Um, and then you know, obviously, next day you got the the red carpet, and you know, it's just an all around great experience. Getting back to this Angels team here in 2021. I know you guys have been pitching a lot better as of late and just looking at the way that this team uh, is starting to come around a little bit. What are some things that you feel like as a team you guys need to be able to do and, and do better now to try to make a push towards the postseason? Because I know that you are not going to be a happy camper sitting at home in October if that ends up being the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the way they're playing right now, I think that's how we got we to gotta push the rest of the year. You see that we put some put – some, Great games together, you know, went on that little streak, you know, a little hiccup last night, but, uh, you know, we fall back and, 
you know, just not just one guy carrying us. It's, it's going to be, it's going to take all of us. Um, and yeah, obviously seen it in these last, you know, what's a six game winning streak. And uh, a lot of the guys are stepping up. Obviously Stassi coming back from the, from the IL was huge. He's been unconscious at the plate, Jay up leading off. And yeah, I can, I can go through the whole lineup. Everybody's contributing and it's, uh, it's fun to obviously sit back and watch and, you know, I'm anxious, anxious to get back. Joe, Joe has been talking a lot about the uh, 1985 baseball and the contact that comes with that. Obviously, I don't know how much that applies to guys like you and Shohei who hit the ball a million feet um, every time you're in the box. But uh, for, for, for this group, how much of a difference do you feel like that makes? Yeah, I think just putting pressure on the defense. I mean, that's what, that's what it ultimately comes down to. You know, put the ball in play. You know, you especially with two strikes, you, you can do you can do, you know, you can have your approach. Um, you know, without before two strikes, but then when you get to two strikes, you got to put that ball in play, you got to battle. Um, you know, put pressure on the defense, you never know what could happen. Um, just the biggest thing is, you know, Butterfield's real big on just putting pressure on the defense. And once you put the ball in play, anything can happen, you know, mental mistake or you know, just a a, a, a play that can change the game, you know, get get the, get the get the team rolling, get the get the inning going. So um, you know, he's, he's been big on that, you know, that uh, saying in 1985 thing, and uh, you know, everybody's invited to it. Mike, hey, thank you so much for the time today. I know you're busy rehabbing and working to get back. We can't wait to see you on the field, and thanks again for the time here today. No, nah, I appreciate it, and uh, congrats on the baby. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting time in life. Hey, thank you so much. It means a lot, Mike. Take care. So good right there with Mike Trout and really appreciate him uh, giving us that kind of time. I mean, it's impossible, I think, for people to realize the demand that is on this guy all the time. Uh, So for him to to take some time out uh, to spend it with us uh, is incredibly – we're incredibly appreciative of that because, again, the, the, the demand on Trout is just incredible. I wanted to talk about this because we were just talking about you know the 1985 style and playing that way of baseball that Joe Maddis talked about. And I loved hearing Mike's explanation for like basically what 1985 baseball means to him. And simply put, it's put pressure on the defense. I thought one of the best examples of that the Angels had all season long was in the second inning um, against the Diamondbacks on Sunday. They ended up scoring four runs in the inning. It starts with Taylor Ward getting a leadoff base hit. Okay, that, that in innings that happens. Okay, good. Uh, next batter, Lagares ends up flying out to, to center field. So one on one out. Patrick Sandoval, your eight hitter in this lineup, is the batter here. Your pitcher, who's never gotten a hit in his life, squares up to bunt. Now, if he gets the bunt down, does his job. You got a runner in scoring position for a contact machine and David Fletcher. Right after that. Um, and if he, you know, ultimately does what he decides to do, it ends up working out even better. But that, that, you know, Sandy shows bunt, and the defense comes way in on him. And what he, what's he end up doing? He ends up pulling it back and getting a base hit through the middle. It took advantage of that. I mean, good for Sandy to do it. I, I don't know um, that if that's necessarily what, what Joe Madden wanted him to do in that situation, but it ends up working out. So you got runners at the corners now, still one out for David Fletcher, and then he does decide to drop a bunt. It took a couple chances for him to get that thing down, but I mean, the defense was way in. Everyone knew the bunt was coming. He plays it perfectly. That brings in a run and makes it a 3 nothing ball game. Next batter, Justin Upton. Base hit. That scores two runs. Justin Upton ends up over at second base uh, with the single and the error. Then Jared Walsh backs it up with a double. Uh, Good piece of hitting there. 
and you just kind of think about the way you know the the showing bunt by Sandoval, bringing it back, and then Fletcher bunting right after that, and just the way the Angels are spraying the ball, hitting all fields. All that does is put stress and pressure on the pitcher and on the defense. And you know you got a team in Arizona that has really struggled this year. The Angels won pretty two pretty tightly contested games on the Friday and Saturday night of that series. The Angels didn't play great on Friday, still won the game. Uh, got behind early on Saturday, came back, still won the game. So you got a team that's reeling a little bit, and then you jump out, put two runs in the first inning, and then just keep the pressure going in that second inning. That second inning the Angels had that was one of my favorite innings the Angels have played all season long. That was 1985 baseball. It was it's all contact driven. It's all about good base running. It's all about being aggressive. All of those things just make defenses work. And, um, you know, we are seeing a game in baseball now that while I think the talent is at a place like it's never been, just in terms of ability and talent, this is the best the game has ever been. But in terms of fundamentals, there are a lot of guys that are, are not nearly as fundamentally sound as they used to be, despite having the attributes of being a great player. So there are a lot of guys that are incredibly athletic, incredibly talented, that are you know so good, they're over, able to overcome not necessarily being fundamentally sound. But when you're constantly putting pressure on guys, well, sometimes not being fundamentally sound shows up, and that's when you're able to take advantage and score extra runs, and the Angels are trying to do that. We're seeing the flashes of that. We're seeing it happen in moments, and it takes time for that overhaul to happen, but here we are now in the middle of June, and it's beginning for the Angels, and that's exciting for me, um, and you're seeing it more consistently, and I know that these first couple of games against Oakland haven't gone well for this Angels team. A lot of that boils down to starting pitching, um, and, and you know it was starting pitching on Monday. It was the bullpen on Tuesday, um, but you want to see the more consistency uh, from the offensive approach and scoring runs. I mean, the Angels have put up really good numbers this year when they've been able to score at least four runs. They've won a lot of games uh, when they have done that. So when you take a look at that picture, uh, that is encouraging to me, and that's that 1985 style of baseball that Trout was talking about, that Joe Madden has been talking about since the start of spring training, and that's something that I think we're going to start seeing more of across baseball because of what the Angels are able to do offensively. I think the rest of the league probably looks at the Angels and says, well, wait a minute, they're having a tough time pitching the baseball, even though the pitching has been better over the last two weeks. Um, you know, Just generally speaking, the Angels have struggled throwing the ball. They have not had a whole lot of trouble hitting the baseball, and this is without Mike Trout. Uh, this is with Anthony Rendon missing a lot of time. This is with Max Stassi missing a lot of time. So you, you put all of that together, and the Angels' offense is still contributing in pretty significant way and here the angels are at the moment recording this one game under 500 again playing uh, without mike trout for the last month okay so that is pretty significant uh for what the angels have been able to do on the offensive side of the baseball you know, Mike Trout also mentioned the job that Max Stassi has done behind the plate. Max Stassi has been unbelievable uh, this year. He was named the American League Player of the Week just this past week. Hit 455, three doubles, three homers, eight RBI in the six-game stretch last week. The Angels are winning a whole heck of a lot of ball games when Max Stassi has been playing. That's been really encouraging, and I think that he is a difference maker for the pitching staff. I think he's a difference maker uh, offensively right now, which is, hey, if you told me that in 2019, I would have said you're crazy um, that you you know, Stassi would have this kind of offensive impact, uh, but he has done that. And in games that he has started this year, the Angels are 14 and six. 
you know, in those 20 games that he has started. So what a difference Max Stassi has made. I think he makes the rotation better. You know, I was looking at this stat, too. The Angels, in their first 47 games of the season, had eight starter wins. Um, And since that time, uh, they've had 10 starter wins. So um, starting pitching has been a lot better, and I can't help but think that getting the kind of performance like the Angels have gotten behind the plate for Max Stassi um, has something to do with that. Want to check in now at the minor league level. Now, the Angels have a couple of really strong double-A pitchers. Of course, everyone knows about Reed Detmers, the Angels' uh, 2020 first-round pick, uh, the pitcher out of Louisville, the left-hander, who's done a great job uh, there in double-A. But the guy that's actually put up better numbers this year has been Kyle Tyler. And Rocket City Trash Pandas radio voice Josh Carey had a conversation with Kyle Tyler as part of our Sunday pregame show just this past week on the Angels Baseball Radio Network. Thank you, Trent, and I'm happy to have with us one of the starting pitchers for the Rocket City Trash Pandas, of course, the AA affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels. It's Kyle Tyler, who's been having a heck of a season thus far. And first off, Kyle, thank you for joining me, but congratulations to the start on your season. Last outing notwithstanding, what's been working for you thus far? Uh, everything, kind of a little bit of everything has been working for me, uh, really just finding my changeup especially and going after hitters with the fastball and trying to get ahead and making them hit my pitches and not trying to fall into the hitters' counts. You've faced a couple of pretty good hitting ball clubs recently. Chattanooga, Birmingham immediately come to mind, and you performed rather well against them. What is sort of the mentality when you're going into a ball game when you're facing a team that, frankly, is older, more experienced, and has put up the numbers that those ball clubs have? I try not to think about that too much. I try to focus more on executing my pitches and just following the plan that the coaches and the catchers and I have come come to agreement with and just attacking them as best I can. You won the AA South's Pitcher of the Week honors a couple weeks back for your performance against Birmingham. How did that feel just to be able to take in an honor like that? It felt really good just to be acknowledged for that. And there's plenty of other pitchers that I'm sure were just as deserving, so it's an honor to win. Let's talk about uh, your background a little bit. You grew up in Oklahoma. Uh, when was baseball uh, sort of on the radar for you as an occupation, something that you saw you could really go far with? Uh, I don't think I really saw it more as an occupation to take it as far as I have thus far until probably my late in my freshman year of high school into my sophomore year of high school. Up until then, it was more of just playing with friends and just doing it to stay busy. So I didn't just sit around and play video games all day, every day. (laughs) So you go to the University of Oklahoma, a great baseball school. And I looked at your numbers. I know that your sophomore year, things were a little down, but then you turned it around dramatically your junior year. What happened between your sophomore year and junior year that allowed you to put the numbers you did? Uh, I definitely think it all kind of came came to fruition whenever I started talking to the pitching coach, uh, Skip Johnson. And he really sat down with me and talked to me about how I needed to focus more on attacking the hitters and not focus on what's going on around me with the defense or who we were playing or the crowd or where we were or anything like that. It was really all about this pitch, execute this pitch, and then execute the next pitch. You were drafted in the 20th round, and right now with the trash pandas, you're, quote, the number two starter behind Reed Detmers, who, of course, is a first-round pick. Does it help at all to be, and I, I hate to use this term, but does it help at all to be kind of pitching in his shadow behind him and maybe not have as much of the attention that he gets? I mean, I think so. It definitely probably plays a little bit of a role to 
have teams focus more on Reed rather than focusing them on myself or any of our other pitchers, it kind of gives us a little bit more of a chance to see how they react to him. And then if they don't react well to how he pitches, we can adjust adjust the plan to pitch similar or to the strengths that we have that are very similar to the strengths that Reed has. You mentioned how you made the adjustment in college while as a Sooner. You then go into rookie ball. Again, numbers were a little high, but you immediately turn it around the next year at low A ball with two great stops uh, in the 2019 season. What was the difference between the adjustment you made as a pro compared to what you did as a collegiate? Honestly, I'm, I don't know. I think it's more of just having a year underneath my belt uh, of facing, hit, facing professional hitters and being on a professional team and going about it as if this is my career and it's not the career of a college coach or something of that nature. So 2020 happens, obviously uh, everything shut down. You weren't able to have a season, neither did most other guys. So what did you do last year without any organized baseball? Uh, play, I had a couple of friends that were that are also in pro ball back home that we played catch almost every day. And I started working out probably middle of the summer or something somewhere close to there and just worked out until I was ready, felt ready enough to start throwing again to get ready for the 2021 spring training. Well, speaking of 2021 spring training, just how difficult was it to prepare for this season with a shorter spring training and really everything kind of thrown together like it was? Uh, it, it was a little difficult, but I think the, the spring training staff and all of the coaches with the Angels made it as easy on the players as they probably as they possibly could have. And everybody just kind of had to be where they, where they were supposed to be at, at the right time and everything flowed well from there. Uh, but having a shortened spring training definitely was difficult. Um, but the coaches have all been understanding that there we ha didn't have as much time, and so they, we had to work more towards building up our pitchers. And hitters need a little bit more time to see see pitching to finally get in get in the groove and start hitting the ball well. So, uh, did you think Double A was the realistic place you were going to go at spring training, or did you think you would be sent back to High A ball? I definitely thought I was going to go back to High A just because I only spent a few weeks or a little under a month at our high affiliate uh, so whenever I did find out that I was going to be a double A it was definitely a, a surprise but also a, a, a welcome surprise. Alright last question for you you had a 4.2 GPA in high school so I have to ask if not for baseball what would you be doing? Oh, that, that is a very tough choice uh, I really don't know for sure <laughs> just because I was bouncing around from my major in college um, going between um, a dentist, a veterinarian, or and now I think I finally made a, a choice of that after baseball I'll go back into uh, physical therapy. Great stuff there from Kyle Tyler, the 2018 20th round pick of the University of Oklahoma, and thanks to Josh Carey as well for that. That's going to do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Thanks to Mike Trout, thanks to Kyle Tyler, to Josh Carey, for everybody at AM830 that helps put this together, to Hannah Stang uh, for getting this thing up and available for you. If you have ever missed an episode of the Angels Recap Podcast, you can find them all at angels.com slash podcast. Also, make sure to download, subscribe, give us a rating or review, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. And again, make sure to join me after every Angels home game as part of the Angels Recap Radio Show. It's on AM830, the home of your Halos. You do not ever uh, want to miss that because we go through the big moments every game and talk about in detail, uh, in depth of what's going on on the field. And uh, we try to break down uh, those games as best we can 
you know, answer a lot of your questions. It's your chance to have a voice and be a part of our coverage here by tweeting in at Trent Rush Sports using the hashtag Angels Recap. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.